you know what time it is. Time for another episode of The Last Word. Hey, everybody, Laz coming at you this week with another episode of The Last Word. We'll get right into our sponsor, A Night to Remember. You know, one of the things that I often don't mention about A Night to Remember is that they actually offer officiant services as well. So if you're looking for an officiant for your wedding, they can do it. In addition to DJing, they can do it all from DJing to karaoke to officiants for your ceremony. Be sure to hit them up on Facebook, get into that search box, type in the at symbol, the number one great DJ. That's at one great DJ, and you'll get right to their page. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on the last word. That's at one great DJ on Facebook, at one great DJ, a night to remember entertainment. Hey, also, don't forget about the throwback junkies coming to the VFW in Northeast Maryland. That's on Friday, April the 9th. We're going to be starting at 7 o'clock at night. That's right, Friday, April 9th, 7 p.m. at the VFW in Northeast Maryland for some great classic rock and all of your favorites anywhere between the 70s all the way up to the early 2000s. And we might even throw in a little country there. That's the Throwback Junkies at the VFW in Northeast Maryland on Friday, April the 9th. Yeah, let's get into the show. You know, there's no getting around it. The trial of former police officer Derek Chauvin is underway. And thus far, in my opinion, it's not looking good for him. On Tuesday of this week, the trial opened with what can only be described as testimony filled with emotion as one of the bystanders who called police during the interaction with Mr. Floyd and the police took the stand. The witness testified that he called police as he believed he had, quote, witnessed a murder. End quote. The witness who has been identified as Donald Williams is allegedly a student of martial arts. During his testimony, he stated he was scared for his own safety as he pleaded with then-officer Chauvin to remove his knee from Mr. Floyd's neck. When the officer didn't respond or comply with the request, he said that's when he called 911. I did call the police on the police, he said, because I believe I witnessed a murder. The defense attorney in the case, Eric Nelson, stated, quote, Common sense tells you that there are always two sides to a story. The evidence is far greater than nine minutes and 29 seconds, end quote. Exactly. Mr. Nelson is right. There are two sides to every story. And my fear here is that each side seems to be driven solely by emotion. My hope is that that very emotion won't outweigh the facts. And I want to be clear here. I don't know if Mr. Chauvin is truly guilty of murder, but I also don't know, or at least I can't say for certain, if George Floyd died only due to health conditions and the drugs that were apparently in his system. What I do know, or at least what I think I know, is that this is a very difficult case, regardless of what either side will tell you. The country certainly seems to be divided over the events that took place between Mr. Floyd and the police. Even more of a concern is, in my opinion, what will take place after the trial. In watching the news this week, a protester at the trial actually stated that people are, quote, ready to do something, end quote. Excuse me? Um, yeah, exactly. That's troublesome. Look, unlike the lying lamestream media, I'm not trying to point fingers here. Or make this a race issue. I'm reflecting on history. And to that point, in the past, when these types of cases have taken place, 
if the outcome doesn't coincide with the narrative of the lying lamestream media and the left, what do we see? Riots and destruction, of course. Last year, we literally saw people killed, businesses destroyed, property destroyed, and cities were burned. It was out of freaking control. And we cannot have the same reaction. Our city and state officials cannot allow it. It must be shut down. And it needs to be shut down at the first sight or inkling of rioting and thuggish behavior. Period. No exceptions. I want to be clear. I said city and state officials. And if need be, I'll include the federal government as the law allows. This is by no means a plea to or for the average citizen to take action. Look, I believe as citizens, we need to be on alert, okay? We need to be ready to protect our lives and that of our families should danger come our way. But do not, I repeat, do not take a vigilante approach should we see the type of unrest we have in the past. At the end of the day, we don't know what will happen. Well, until it happens, but I pray that it's justice. And by justice, in my opinion, What I mean is that the truth comes out, and I mean the real truth, whatever that might be, because quite frankly, each side of the argument here, when you truly take emotion out of the equation, each side has legitimate points that need to be considered. The problem, as I see it, is that those points become lost in rhetoric and politics, which have plagued the events surrounding this case since the incident occurred last year. That's right. To that point, Whack job Maxine Waters has decided to remind us all just how out of touch and ridiculous that she is. Just this week, she said, quote, The police, I think, really believe and in some ways are led to believe that their greatest challenge and their greatest chore is to keep black people in their place. End quote. That is so ridiculous. There's almost no words But she said this during an interview with Tanya McRae on Sunday on Spectrum News 1's In Focus SoCal. And during the interview, she was asked by Tanya why the United States has such difficulty when it comes to violence and injustice done to black people. And in typical Waters fashion, she responded Quote, I believe that it stems from the history of this country. It stems from slavery, when whites were absolutely in charge and they absolutely controlled the lives of people and their families. They decided to separate families and send the boys in one direction, the girls in another, the mothers to the big house. I mean, they've always been in charge. I think that this thinking about the need to control, the need to, you know, make sure that people stay in their place, so-called, has been what has, basically what has happened in America all of these years. And I think it continues in various ways, sometimes a little bit more sophisticated ways, end quote. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, yes, she did. Unbelievable. Hey, Maxine, you were asked a question which would have required facts, and obviously you were lacking, Because that's apparently why we got your biased and blatantly racist opinion. What I find hysterical is just how hypocritical she is. So listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, listen. Yeah, because this is the woman who calls Trump a racist 
and said that she would, quote, never, ever forgive, end quote, black people who voted for Trump. So when given an opportunity to say something that could be unifying, that could make an attempt to ease the tensions of racism in our country, what does she do? She attacks another race. Like I said, unbelievable. You know what? Actually, I take that back. It's completely believable, and it's typical coming from her. What is unbelievable and continues to be, in my opinion, is the hypocrisy by her and the left, which is left unchecked and frankly celebrated by the lying lamestream media and the left in this country. They are all guilty, in my opinion, of inciting the rioting and looting. Yet where are the calls to hold them accountable? Because every time I ask that question, do you know what I hear? Exactly, crickets. Well, moving on, there continues to be a crisis at our border, regardless of what the idiot that occupies the White House and his cronies would lead you to believe. During a tour of a temporary facility in Texas on Tuesday of this week, Oscar Escamilla, who is the executive officer for Rio Grande Valley Operational Programs Division, is quoted as saying, quote, we're way over capacity. We're like 700% over capacity, end quote. Yeah, not one, not two, not even five, but by his own estimate, over 700% over capacity. But you know, there's no crisis. Oh, but wait, there's more. More than 2,000 migrants at the facility have been there for over the legal limit of 72 hours. And you know what? When this happened under the Trump administration, the media and the left crucified him. Does anyone remember that? Because I know I do. It was on every damn TV station, every news outlet's website, and all over social media. Yet, under sleepy, creepy Joe's administration, you barely hear a peep. I mean, I had to go looking for this information to actually find it. Imagine that. Biased coverage in hypocrisy from the lying lamestream media and the left. Shocker. Well, speaking of this joke of an administration, recently a reporter asked White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki what message could be taken from the, quote, rebranding of the administration from the Biden administration to the Biden-Harris administration. The question was likely posed as in the past, previous presidents have typically been the one referenced on the website and social media, etc. Saki told reporters, quote, I would take it that Vice President Harris is an important partner. She's the first in the room and the last in the room on most occasions if she's in town. She went on to say that it was a, quote, reflection of the important role she will play moving forward, end quote. In an article posted on Fox News, Morgan Phillips points out, both Biden and Harris are listed on the Twitter page for the White House, noting that the bio on the page reads, Welcome to the Biden-Harris White House. Um, no. Exactly. Um, no. Last Nation, I said it before, and I'll say it again. It's my belief that we are being prepared for a President Kamala Harris because Joey Boy's mental decline and consistent gaffes are getting to the point where they can't deny them. And, in my opinion, it's for those very same reasons that they limit his time in front of the cameras when he wants to speak. 
or needs to speak. And to that point, I'd be willing to bet it's also why he seems to be completely scripted down to pictures of who he's supposed to call on from the press. This administration is a sham, and we have a puppet for a president that's being manipulated and handled on a daily basis. You know, I read something that I thought was funny the other day that bears repeating. After seeing what this president has done to this country over the last couple of months, I'm thankful he didn't do anything in the last 47 years. Well, finally, on a local note, Baltimore City State's attorney, Marilyn Mosby, has announced that she and her office will no longer prosecute drug possession, some sex worker crimes, and other misdemeanor crimes. That's right. You heard me right. The top prosecutor in the city of Baltimore elected to, well, prosecute crimes has decided to not prosecute crimes. You can't make this stuff up. During her announcement, she said, quote, clearly the data suggests here is no public safety value in prosecuting these low-level offenses, end quote. She went on to claim that the drug arrests have declined 80% in the last year. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Yet here's what the lying lamestream media isn't going to tell you, nor Mosby for that matter. Number one, over the last year, It was inevitable crime went down overall, even in a city like Baltimore, as we were in the middle of a, wait for it, pandemic. (laughs) Number two, the Baltimore Police Department had already been instructed not to make these types of arrests during the pandemic. And guess who gave them that instruction? That's right. Marilyn, I refuse to do my job, Mosby. Here are the real facts. Mosby took office in January of 2015, and violent crime had already been on an upswing starting in 2014. But between 2014 and 2019 in Baltimore, they surged to 35%. And the vast majority of that, as we know, Mosby was in office. In an interview with local Baltimore news station, Sean Kennedy of the Maryland Public Policy Institute clarified that only street robberies are down, stating that the pandemic was probably the main contributing factor. He's quoted as saying, quote, to see any decrease is a relative decrease over her time. Homicide is still at elevated levels since she came into office, end quote. Numbers don't lie. The city has had a murder rate over 300 for the past six years in a row, all of which are on Mosby's watch. As of this week, There have been 69 homicides already this year, which represent another increase over last year. Shootings that are not fatal are also higher this year, coming in at 139. Mr. Kennedy said, quote, Baltimore is not a safe place in the rest of the world. So to suggest that you reduced crime marginally is not to say that Baltimore is safe, end quote. He went on to say, quote, Marilyn Mosby is not doing her job when it comes to the most important task of her office, which is to keep the people of Baltimore safe. So when she's not doing that, how do we trust her to redouble her office and focus on crime when she hasn't been focused on crime in the last five years? End quote. Well said, Mr. Kennedy. I couldn't agree more. Hey, Marilyn, you continue to prove that you're worthless and incompetent. It's my opinion you and your husband are nothing more than a continuation of the corruption that plagues the city government. And here's a little reminder for you. 
Drug users aren't the only people in possession of drugs. Guess what drug dealers who inevitably contribute to the violent crimes in the city possess? That's right, drugs. And by not prosecuting them, you have effectively decriminalized their actions, which are in fact criminal and have thus contributed directly to the downward spiral in the city. You're a disgrace, Marilyn Mosby. You should be disbarred and brought up on charges. Last Nation, this is nothing more than a ploy, a distraction. It's the old sleight of hand. And you know why? Because Mosby and her husband have been under federal investigation as of late. It would also appear to me that she's playing to her base, as there's a large portion of the city's voting population that feels crimes like prostitution and possession are victimless. Additionally, they feel prosecuting these types of crimes are not only a waste of time, but disproportionately target people of color, specifically the black community. This type of idiotic, baseless, liberal logic continues to permeate our society, especially in a city like Baltimore. It fits a narrative that really has one purpose, and one purpose only, to rile up the base to continue to keep failed, radical, liberal leadership in power. Does it sound familiar? Well, it should, because it's a game that continues to be played out all over the country. And in my opinion, it's why we have a dangerous, destructive, and disastrous administration, not just in Baltimore City, but in our White House. Liberals. You need to wake up, pull your heads out of your asses, pay attention to the facts, the actual facts, not what the lying lamestream media is force-feeding you. Because here's the hard truth, Libs. Those very facts are more important than your damn snowflake feelings, okay? You and your party are literally destroying this country from the economy to immigration to foreign affairs and more. And frankly, I'm sick of it. And I know damn well I'm not the only one. And that's the last word. Well, hey, everybody, that's going to wrap us up for this week. Thanks so much for coming back, of course, this week and every week. Don't forget to check out A Night to Remember Entertainment in the search box on Facebook at One Great DJ and book them. They're the best in the biz. Also, don't forget about the Throwback Junkies at the VFW in Northeast on April 9th, starting at 7. That's the Throwback Junkies in Northeast Maryland. April the 9th at 7 o'clock for some fantastic classic rock, a little bit of country, and some dance. You're going to love it. Come out and see us. And by the way, be sure to check us out on Facebook. You can get The Last Word on Facebook and Instagram at The Last Word and on Twitter at The Last Word Pod. And, of course, you can always reach me and Billy right here at the show, The Last Word at gmail.com. As always, I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending a little bit of it with me. God bless everybody. I'll talk to you soon.